This is Jimmy Jernigan, and you're listening to the Daily Dose of Wood Podcast. What is going on, Daily Dose of Wood patients? Today is Wednesday, September 30th. We had another week of football, and the Atlanta Falcons suck. That's my take on week three or week four of the NFL season. The fucking Falcons suck, and they cannot hold the lead or win a game. It's pretty embarrassing at that point. We also just had the Tampa Bay Lightning win the Stanley Cup, so that was pretty big. They've been a hot NHL team for the past few years. Last night, we also had the presidential debate, and this weekend marks October. I feel like yesterday was the beginning of corona, and I wake up, and every day is still corona. So hopefully, when the election is over, maybe this corona stuff will start to go away. We have a big special guest joining us today on the podcast, four-time UFC middleweight champion, Chris Weidman. The Long Island native became the first person to beat Anderson Silva inside the octagon, not only once, but twice. We get into that. We get into how he made the transition from wrestling, from starting at Hofstra, to making his way into the UFC. We get into his last fight. So I won't give away too much. We'll get right into it. So without further ado, Chris Weidman. What's up, man? How we doing? Long Island native from Baldwin, wrestled at Hofstra, where my dad, my uncle, and the wrestling room is named after my grandfather. Your Long Island ties to wrestling have gone a long way. Do you think you've paved a way for wrestlers to make a career in the UFC? Uh, you know, I, I guess I'd like to think so, because there was there was a lot of wrestlers that i seen that, I mean, the reason why I got into fighting to begin with is because I saw these, I saw these wrestlers having success. And uh, right after the 2008 Olympic trials, I got injured, and I had to kind of figure out what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I, w- I started kind of watching MMA a little bit more, and I saw some of these wrestlers doing really good, and they were making money. And at the time, I was making like $12,000 a year as an assistant coach at Hofstra. Wow. And, uh, you know, doing private lessons and living in my parents' basement. And then we had a baby on the way. So, like, life started getting real yeah. fast. And uh, I'm like, man, I got to figure this out. And, um, yeah, I, and I, so I always kind of felt like fighting was in me. Um, and uh, I'm like, man, give this a shot. And the next thing I know, you know, it went fast. It's been a, it's been a crazy, crazy ride. And, um, yeah, so I think a lot of, a lot of wrestlers have inspired me and, and Matt Sarah being from Long Island inspired me. Like just people that I'm able to like identify with have inspired me. So I, I hope, I hope to inspire other people. When you were ever wrestling, did you ever want to throw hands? Were you fighting as a kid growing up? Yeah. So I fought a lot growing up, got picked on a lot. Um, growing up in Baldwin and I met brother and all his friends. Like it was a constant, it was a constant beat down. Uh, you know, I was whatever, you know, had to, <laughs> Stay strong and keep on fighting. Yeah, and be a little, you know, baby about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and so when I would have these wrestling matches, I always kind of compared myself to the people I'd be fighting who are always kind of way bigger than me. And these guys were my weight class. So I'm like, if I hang with these guys who are way bigger and stronger than uh, and, and in a fight, then 
there's no way I'm losing to this kid in a wrestling match. Sure. So that that was definitely a thing. And then and then of course once uh, if I actually did lose to somebody in a wrestling match, in my mind I'd be like they couldn't beat me in a fight. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it was always in my mind, and that was like that was pre MMA. Even yeah, yeah. Doing MMA when I when I first started like even watching MMA at that point, I was straight wrestler. You know, I wasn't thinking about fighting, and I thought those guys are crazy. You know, the first time I actually uh, got a feel in like with a with a fighter was there was a guy named Pete Drago Cell who I know really well and actually coaches at the gym uh, at my gym in Long Island now. But uh, he was in the UFC and he came down to Hofstra to for us to help him with his wrestling. So you know, we're teaching him, and then uh, towards the end, John Massa. If you know Hofstra wrestling, you should know John Massa. He's three time All American from yep. Long Beach. He's a freaking beast. You know, he's like a like crazy talent, you know? And uh, he was like, yo, why, man? Go with Drago real, real fast. Do some jujitsu with him. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I just kind of knew a little bit from watching on TV. I didn't really know anything. And at first, I'm like working my guard, trying to do things. And like, I just remember hearing Masa like, you know, why, man? Get up. Just get up like it's wrestling. I'm like, all right. So I get up to my feet. I'm out. And all of a sudden, like, he's like dangling on my leg. And I feel my knee pop- going the wrong direction. Like, he's going to tear my ACL. I'm like, yo, tap, tap, tap. Yeah. I'm like, yo, this stuff is crazy. I'm like, yo, you know, snap my knee in half. That's that's insane. Um, and so right away, I'm like, yeah, it's like I wasn't even that interested. But it's just funny how it all turned out, though. Yeah, yeah. You just picked up your first win since 2017 this past August. How'd that feel getting in the cage? And what was the atmosphere like with no fans and being around something so different? Um, yeah. So to get a win was huge. You know, I. Uh, you know, I was undefeated up until 2016. Then all of a sudden, I've had these the losses, and then I came back up and won in Nassau Coliseum against Kelvin Gaslam, and then I lost two others. You know, all fights I was winning too, so it just sucks how this yeah. game works out. And then uh, to come back and get a, a W of a guy like uh, Omari Akhmedov, who was like just a tough dude. He was undefeated at middleweight. No one really knew him. It wasn't like a fight that was going to be super beneficial for me as far as like boosting me up the rankings. Or, yeah. Um, getting me a title fight or anything like that. It was, it was, it was really like, uh, you know, not the greatest matchup for a guy like me. Um, so to go out there and prove myself against a guy kind of like an own tough mother effort uh, yeah. was, was good for me. And then also like, in the, yeah, so to fight in Vegas with no fans was just so weird, man. Like, um, you know, they put my entrance music on. I, you know, I, come, I walk out to Won't Back Down by Tom Petty and, people love that song and people can't wait for me to walk out to that. You know, usually like they hear that on the radio, I get tagged in it. They like that song reminds them of me. Uh, so that song comes on and I'm used to hearing the stand, like, you know, the, the audience just go nuts and yeah. it, it's literally just like Longo slow clapping <laughs> behind me. I'm just like, got the flag, you know, the cameras are there and stuff, but there's nobody clapping. There's nobody making noise. I'm like, this is just weird. I'm walking. You're just going through the motions almost. Like, hey, let me, I just got to get to the cage. And, you know, they got the music on. But it's just weird. Very weird. Um, yeah, but at the end of the day, I, I kind of liked it too. It's just less like when there is like an audience and you got these these big fights that you're in, um, there's so many distractions, you know. With For the, sure. With the, with, with the audience and uh, all the fans. And just all of it becomes such a big moment that you're constantly trying to just dumb it down to just you and another guy in, in a fight. Um, so this was like a little easier to dumb it down to that because yeah. it really kind of was. Do you have any pre-fight rituals or pre-fight traditions that you go through? Um, 
you know, I get a little sweaty. I do some sprints, you know, get my lungs burned out a little bit, get my legs burned out. Everyone's different, but I do that. And then I, um, I, oh, I, you know, I got to say a prayer a million times. I read, my mom gives me these, uh, she, she has like, uh, these prayers that she, she wrote down for me, like maybe like, I don't know, 10 fights ago. Okay. And she sends me like a packet of them every time I leave. And so I have that in the locker room. I'm reading those just like, try to take the pressure off myself, put it on God. And then, um, and as far as superstitions, as soon as I'm in the cage, the only thing that I have to do that I feel like, I'm trying to think if there's any others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much the only thing that I, when when Bruce Buffer um, is announcing my name, my first fight ever, I like pointed up and did like a uh, like a little 360 spin as he's saying my name. And uh, ever since my first fight, I just, I just stayed with that. Now I feel like I have to do that every time. Yeah. And there was a couple of times I almost forgot, and so he was like at the end to say my name. I got caught up like listening to him. And then also I'm like, oh shit, I didn't do yeah. my spin yet. I got I got to go quick. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and that's about that's about all that's all my pre-fight rituals. That's about it, you know. You really stepped onto the scene when you beat Anderson Silva, snapped his unbeaten record. You got to walk me through what that was like and like how that fight changed, you know, the rest of your career moving on out. That fight it changed my it changed my life. That was crazy. Um, uh. Yeah, so Anderson Silva was the champion in my weight class when I got into fighting, and I was just like, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to be a world champion. You know, in, in wrestling, I never really accomplished my goals. Um, I wanted to be a national champion, and I wanted to be an Olympic champion, uh, and I never got to do that. So I always kind of fell short. And so when I got into MMA, it was I was very focused on being able to accomplish my goal this time, like kind of my last shot to do it. And... Um, he was in my weight class, and I just had a vision to beating him every single day, training for it. Um, and then before you know it, I'm 9-0, you know, walking up to the octagon against Anderson Silva, you know, standing across from him. And really, uh, the biggest thing with him is not laying – because he was undefeated and he just dominated everybody. You know, he made everybody look stupid out there. And, uh, you know, he put his hands down and taunt you and make you feel stupid and knock you out. And so I've seen all those videos, and – um, I knew I was different, and I knew I was, yeah, a problem for him. What were you thinking when he's taunting you like that with his hands behind his back and doing all his antics? Well, we had we brought in a bunch of guys, you know, for sparring, and you know they would do that to me. They prepared me for that. But um, when he was at when, but when he was doing it to me, and I, like so, it was second round is when I knocked him out. But like first round, he was doing it. I'm, I'm hitting him. He's not hitting me. Other than leg kicks, he didn't really hit me with anything. And so I was just like, I was staying cool, calm, moving forward. I'm going to keep punching you in the face, and you could keep your hands down all you want and taunt me, but I'm winning the fight. And I, you know, I was taking him down, ground the pound of him and everything. But uh, in the second round when he did it again, like he, he I don't know, it just it just pissed me off. He actually got to the point of pissing me off. You know, you don't want to lose your cool. No. It was about just trying to chill, not let it bother you. Um, not don't let it get in your head, but it actually pissed me off. And I said, I was just in my head. I'm like, yo, I'm not gonna stop punching until I knock this dude out. Like, and that's what happened. Like, he just he did it one more time. I'm like, yo, who the like, like I don't know if I could curse, but who the yeah, you could curse. This is explicit. Um, you're fucking like, I'm gonna beat your ass right now. And yeah, basically, I just fucking came at him, bro, and drop. Unreal. And then originally he said he wasn't going to fight again after that, but you guys had the second second bout. 
and then yeah. his fucking leg snapped on your fucking tree trunks. What was that like seeing his fucking leg like that? And what were you thinking in your head? Um, you know, so going back to the first fight, like obviously that was the honestly the only thing he hit me with was leg kicks. My my leg for about two and a half weeks, I was having trouble walking. Really? Um, so going to the second fight, we knew he was gonna go back to that. He had a lot of success with it. And so we worked a lot, man. I just remember shadow boxing and just it was just a constant me picking my leg up, always being ready for that kick. Um, I did not want to feel that pain again because there was a time in that there was a point in that fight when he leg kicked me one like a, maybe one of the last times until before I knocked him out. I'm just like, bro, I can't take these too much longer. Like, yo, I can't be that guy who goes down from leg kicks. Yeah. Um, so in the so in that so in the going to the next one, I was like, you know, obviously I don't want to go down like that. So um yeah so even like sparring and stuff like that it was a big thing the guys were going to be like kicking me and uh i had to you know make sure i check it and so going into that fight um first round you know he had it he kept his hands up everything was so just foundation foundational and basic and basics on his on his behalf because he had so much backlash for being knocked out with his hands down yeah. in the first fight that like now he was going to fight so traditional and which made it so much easier for me. It was way easier. It was way harder to fight him with his hands down than his hands up because it's just kind of what you're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I dropped him in the first round, you know, ground and pounded him, almost finished him. And then the second round, um, he, you know, we're moving around and I was all over him, bro. He really had nothing for me. Nah. And he ends up throwing a kick and I check it. First time ever, like he he disguised the great. He's so he's so good at disguising his kicks with his hands, you know, making you think you're gonna get punched and then he kicks you. Um, but I was able to, you know, read it. I checked it, you know, that didn't break his leg. But now it, it's like, it's like I just dropped him on his feet. I knocked him out the last fight. I ground and pounded him. I'm, I I pretty much beat him in every aspect of the game. I could see he got super frustrated, and he got emotional. And then next thing, no, he tried to he tried to just take my leg off, bro, without setting it up. And I just kind of seen it like a mile away and picked up my knee, put it right on that bottom of his shin and kaboom. I thought his, I didn't think his leg snapped in half at first. I just thought he like went down and he was in crazy pain because when you check a leg kick, it's, it's bad. Yeah. So off I the just shin. thought he was mentally broken and physically in pain, you know, just from the, the couple fights we've had. And he went down. So I go around, I'm celebrating, and all of a sudden I hear this screaming, like like someone's being murdered. And I'm like, yo, what the hell? And I go over, and then then I, you know, then it kind of took the fun of winning away. I'm like, yeah. damn, I didn't want to see him go down like that. That was that was and he's like holding his leg in place and trying I tried to help get his coaches in so he had someone there that he knew. But yeah, it was uh that is not the way you want to win, but it is what it is. Do you have any sort of relationship with him now? Do you talk to him at all, or no, no, no? We don't have any <laughs> relationship. He's no, not a fan. He did, he did some. No, he did. Listen, if he was the guy he portrayed himself to be, like this humble guy all the time, like then I would, of course, you know, it's all good. And I think he would be humble enough to, you know, be cool with me, even though you know everyone gets a little salty when you lose to somebody, you know. For sure, I'm salty with some of the guys I lost to. I can, you know, say that. But he, um, he, he did some like cocky things be- behind the scenes and stuff, and some. Stuff that kind of like scumbag stuff. Yeah. So I don't. I have no need to be friends with him. Yeah. What are your thoughts or opinion on Dana White? Are you a fan of Dana White? And does he have any fights scheduled for you in the future? Have you guys talked about anything coming up? Dana has always been awesome to me. He really has. I got no no complaints with Dana at all. He's 
He's a great dude. Um, what he did for the sport is unbelievable. Um, and he's always he's always taking care of me. You know, I always you know put it on the line for the company, and I think he reciprocated. And uh, yeah, no, I can't say anything bad about Dana at all. Um, and then as far as what fights? Yeah, how many more fights do you think you got left in you for your career? Uh, you know, I'm definitely towards the tail end of my career. You know, I don't have 10 fights left. I don't probably have five fights left. I, it's hard to put a number on it, but I anywhere from, let's say, two to five. Okay. Two to five is a good number. I'll go with that. I saw you were itching for a fight on your Instagram. You were, uh, who were you calling out? Or you're looking to fight, uh, what's his name? Israel Desanya? Yeah, yeah. I just, it's it's one of those things. I probably have some work to do before we're fighting him. But um, watching him fight, and, and he just won his title and, uh, you know, defended his belt two times um, and kind of dominated the guy Costa. And for him to just watch him do that just kind of reinvigorated me and, like, got me like got a little fire up my ass because I, I would love to fight him, man. I just, it's a, it's a tailor-made matchup for me as far as stylistically. Um, he's another Anderson Silva, you know, he just fought Anderson Silva and they actually had a pretty close fight. He fought Kelvin Gastelum, who I finished and they had a very close fight. And I'm just really good with like athletic strikers like that. I'm going to grab him and, 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 and I'm going to put him in a place that he's never put, he's never been put before. Yeah. So. And I'm not talking trash. It's just a fact. Facts, and, yeah. And we haven't seen him there yet. You know, we haven't seen him against any top wrestler. Uh, especially and, and then also with the jujitsu I have. Well, he he fought Yo Romero, but Yo Romero doesn't use his wrestling. At mm-hmm. all. So uh, I don't even count that. Um, yeah, so I would just love the opportunity to fight him. So I'm ready. It just lit a fire up my ass to fucking start working super hard and get my ass in shape and get ready to go. And you know, I I, I would love that fight. What's your training look like in the off season when you're you don't have a fight coming up just yet? but you just finished the fight. You're training every day. How hard are you going? Yeah, right now I'm trying to train every day, not the weekends, like once once or twice a day, usually once a day. Um, just stay in shape, work on my strength and conditioning, work on technique. Um, yeah, just try to stay in shape and make some gains in strength and um, keep my weight down and get better technically. That's That's about it. Have you had trouble cutting weight for the last fight or any of the, your recent fights? Where it's been, you got it down no, to a last, science. Last, last last fight was definitely very hard to get my weight down to where I needed to, for where I needed to be to cut the weight at the end. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was definitely very hard, and I had to be super disciplined with my food for like you know ten weeks straight. There was no there was no cheating, and usually when I was fighting eighty five, um, I could I could cheat. You know, I would have cheat meals. I would have pizza on the weekends and stuff and just get back to working hard and eating healthy. But this time, if I would have had a cheat meal, my weight would have just been sky high and I would have been in trouble. So uh, it definitely takes more discipline now. I think getting older and uh, also I hadn't, make the, I hadn't made the weight in a while, you know, going up to 205. Um, it took, you know, I guess I was over, I don't know, definitely over a year that I didn't make the weight. So it just was a little harder. You think Conor McGregor is coming back? What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, listen, I'm a I'm a fan of his. Um, you know, I met Conor McGregor. We used to have the same manager. We've hung out, and you know, you know, we've had conversations. And uh, he's just a very interesting guy, and he's again, he's an amazing entertainer. And I love watching his interviews, and his he's 
his fight, his fighting, like you could hate on him all you want, but he is fun to watch and he's, he's a special athlete, you know, and are there ways to beat him? Yes, we've seen it. Um, but he is definitely a special athlete. I love watching him fight. There's a bunch of stuff I try to, uh, I tried to steal from him, you know, as yeah. far as techniques and yeah. So he's a, he's an, an inspiration for all fighters. For sure. You know, uh, John O'Day, he's coming up in Matt Sarah's gym. He's about my age, 23. Yeah, yeah, he's just getting yeah. started fighting. That's my good friend. Oh, he's, cool. Uh, yeah, nice. That's awesome. Is he, did, he, did, he, did he have a fight yet or no? No, he had two already. Well, you're supposed to have a fight that keep, just keeps getting pushed back. Not sure if it's rescheduled again yet, but it just keeps getting pushed back, rescheduled, pushed back, rescheduled. Yeah, the whole corona thing is screwing everybody up. Fuck. Especially on, on, at the, like, the local scene. It's a nightmare right now. How is it Everyone down there, though? And then, uh, and then all of a sudden they're not. Yeah. In the south, though, I, I've heard it's better in the south than up here in the north. I actually don't even know. <laughs> as far as the local scene down here right now, I'm not dialed in yet. Yeah. I just know people from, I just know from people at my gym in Long Island, like, you know, they think they're fighting and then all of a sudden they're not over and over and over again. Yeah. So, um, down here, I think, I think there's some, I think there's fights going on, but I'm not actually hundred percent sure. My, I would say it's better than New York right now. Yeah. yeah. And the weather is obviously better down there. Oh, look at this, bro. I got a, I got a hummingbird feeder behind me. <laughs> that thing's sweet. Right, you don't see hummingbirds on Long Island. These no, sick. That's, that's great. A, I'm on a, a screened-in porch right now. No mosquitoes. Damn, bro, that looks nice dope. Out here, bro. <laughs> looks good. Looks like, like it's treating you well. Thank you, man. That's nice. That's yeah. Nice. You got the green screen there. Yeah, I got the green screen here and the. You got a good setup, man. I got a. I got a. Bro, you got to text me your setup. I need. I need to figure out a, a setup for a podcast and for my gaming and everything. Yeah. Like that mic looks legit. Yeah, the podcast game right now, I got into it, like, beginning of quarantine and got some people on through my dad. I had Coach Tom Ryan on, uh, Billy oh, Baldwin. Oh, he had his, his, his book. Can you buy his book yet? Yeah, it just, it just came out. Awesome, man. I got to, like, you could actually buy it right now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, my I'm dad doing, just I'm got it. That. Awesome. I got I to gotta do that right away. Supposedly, uh, I'm, I'm in it. I got a little, I got a little nugget. Oh yeah, so hell excited. yeah! Yeah, I'm excited to read it. Did you wrestle oh, under him, or was? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Me and him. I mean, I know. I mean, he's the reason why I went to Hofstra. He was, he was my coach, in in high school. I was always at the club, you know. Yeah. Working with him, and then I had bad grades, so I had to go. I had to go to Nassau Community College. Uh, I had to, I had to pass the Division One Clearinghouse. I went there for two years, and then he then I got recruited by him to go to Hofstra. I redshirted a year while he coached me. Uh, I redshirted on the Chris Strakowitz, who was a two-time All-American. Should have been three. He actually, the one year he did All-American was his senior year. And then uh, then I wrestled the next two years at Hofstra. But Tom Ryan left after my my first year actually starting for Hofstra. And so my last year, he, he wasn't there. Yeah. The reason why he even went to Ohio State, I mean, our team was insane. Our team... I think we took sixth or seventh in the country, but we underperformed the nationals. You know, we we had guys like who should have been in the finals, including me, but and guys who should have been all American that didn't. But we beat University of Minnesota that year. We beat Penn State that year. We beat Lehigh. Um, we, I mean, we were the only team to beat University of Minnesota in a dual meet out of the whole year. Wow. Um, so we were a stacked team. Legit. And Tom Ryan, all of a sudden, he's like, I'm out. Ohio State <laughs> wants me. Um, and then some of the guys were going to leave with him and everything. And, uh, 
And then I wrestled my senior year. I wrestled their starter, JD Bergman. And then Tom Ryan was coaching against me, but he didn't. He didn't go in the corner. He left. And oh, really? Balance for that one. But yeah, I wrestled Bergman for third and fourth. Um, yeah, man. Uh, and Tom Ryan is just such an inspirational guy. Like, oh yeah. Was, um, you know, he'd be reading books and he's always like self-improving and he'd come into the room and he'd always like start with a little speech, little motivational speech and something about it, what he was reading. And, um, he was just super inspiring. And then, you know, he wasn't very nice in the, in the wrestling room. <laughs> you know, he, he, uh, especially me, I had a bunch of injuries I was fighting through. And I think he talks about that in the book and it was very hard. Um, because he has that Iowa style and it's just like, you got to keep pushing, pushing, pushing. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you can't, if it's like really bad injuries and he was, so me and him had, uh, had it out a couple times. A bit. Yeah. But I, I have so much respect for Tom Ryan. Yeah. CJ say what's up? What's up, buddy? How's it going? What's up, CJ? Yeah. Tom Ryan's a man. Shoot. I got, I got to go buy his book now. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to definitely look into reading that. Well, yeah. Chris, man, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Hell yeah. Send it over. How often do you do a podcast? I try and drop one every week, every two weeks, depending on uh, what guests I can get. I've gotten some. You're definitely one of our bigger guests so far. I got Robert O'Neill, the guy who killed Osama bin Laden, Billy Baldwin, Tom Ryan, uh, Bob Mennery, who's a sports commentator guy, comedy guy on Instagram. So, And you're just interviewing them. That's That's your... That's your thing. That's what you're doing. You're yeah. getting good guests and interviewing them. Yeah, eventually I want to do them in person, have more of a conversation. I'm trying to, you know, build my yep. mojo and, you know, try and get better at doing this. But, yeah, right now just, you know, interviewing, shooting the shit, going back and forth and, you know, going through their history, telling stories and whatnot. And it's one interview per podcast? Yeah, and I usually try and keep them – I keep mine pr- fairly short because someone's attention span is only so long. So yeah, I try and so keep mine. Yeah, I'm the same way. So I try and keep yeah. mine like twenty to forty five minutes, forty five minutes tops. Gotcha. And then just just blast them out once every week, two a week. Try and do two a week and Yeah, yeah. I gotta figure this shit out, man. Yeah. If you get into yeah, the podcast game though, that it's it's definitely on the top right now. There's a lot of people I who've I just don't know what, what to do. I, I don't know what to do exactly. I don't know if I should go like interview like i'm interviewing people or i'm like talking about myself or i yeah or i have another person with me like partner up and we're just bullshitting probably about fights or whatever yeah um there's a couple different ways you could go about it and i mean you're at a different point for me because you could definitely have people people on and talk about yourself or do have a co-host do something just about you with your co-host and then do some with other guests and hear about their story yeah, I like the idea of talking to other people, and I, I'd actually rather talk about other people than myself. Yeah. That's why I think asking people questions and just hanging out would be, that'd be fun. Yeah, if you get even, like, a little studio set up, you don't even need a studio. If you just get, like, something like this, a green screen, a fucking mic, and a mixer, you're, you're good to go, You don't and a camera, you, you don't need and much more. Do you, you edit the videos yourself? Yeah, I usually edit. You sound good to me. I don't know how I'm sounding with my uh, headphones. Yeah, you sound clear. I've gotten some shitty connection with the Zoom. It's either hit or miss with the Zoom. Like, sometimes it'll be real shitty and skippy, but so far, lately, it's been working out real nice where I haven't had any problems. All right. All right, good. Yeah, send send me that setup when you get a chance. I appreciate it. For sure. I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Take care, man. Peace, man.
If you guys enjoyed that podcast, please subscribe above and follow us on Instagram at Daily Dose of Wood and on YouTube at Daily Dose. I thank you guys for tuning in and listening, and I will see you on Friday. 2020, I came to fuck it up, yeah. I want a long life, a legendary one. I want a quick death and an easy one. I want a pretty girl.